finally, the man, the myth, the legend. Man, stop, man. That's all fake news. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, we're going to get to that if that's fake news or not. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, to each his own, man, you know. <laughs> motto, right? It's all perspective. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, Sometimes Disingenuous podcast. We talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. Last episode had a mutual acquaintance on, a really, really nice young lady. Her name was Jaleese, and, you know, she talked about some heavy stuff about losing her parents basically within the same year, you know, and what she learned from that. So if you guys want to check that episode out, that's that's the last episode, really, really enlightening. Finally, I asked this dude, hell, when did I do start this podcast? I think he was one of the first pre- people I talked about doing this thing. And he said he he would be the uh, give me the honor of doing it. Uh, but, you know, he'd be in the crib counting his millions. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> you know, he finally got a little time to spare. So uh, mentor to mentee conversation. I got my mentor, Carl, on here. Now, you guys heard me talk about... Um, Throughout the episodes, I always uh, mention or here and there I always mention, you know, my success and who I owe it to. You know, I talk about, of course, God. Then I talk about my parents and my father, you know, and then, of course, you guys have heard me talk about my mentor. But you guys have never heard him in the flesh, but you're about to. Jeez. So all the <laughs> so all the, the 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 great tips on so many different topics as far as entrepreneurship, <laughs> spirituality, business, finance, just just life man you know you guys are gonna get the the uh first hand in hearing it so what's up man man you got it man listen <laughs> man you got me geeked over here like <laughs> you me up i wanted to hear me <laughs> listen, man uh, man i'm honored man to uh to be here with you um let me let me say first and foremost and i know you probably got a script to run with man but let me start by saying, man, I'm so proud of you, man. Um, just seeing you just really kind of moving out on, you know, what you're passionate about, your dreams, man. And, you know, I'm big in the execute, right? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people do a lot of talking, man, but very few people really execute and bring things to fruition, man. So, man, I'm really happy for you, man. Congratulations, man. I wish you nothing but the best, man. And I'm going to keep supporting you as much as I can, whatever direction you go, man. Wherever I can get in and fit in, I'm going to be there. So, hey man, you ain't steered me wrong since. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't steered me wrong since. To let y'all know, furthermore, and first of all, man, I appreciate that, of course. Yes. You know what I mean? That means a lot. You know, uh, I know um, you always say, man, that ain't me, that ain't me, but I'm going to let everybody know a little bit of it. When you guys hear me talk about how um, people are like, man, how'd you get in the radio? I don't sugarcoat it. I just happen to say, in a short version, I know a very successful black man that happens to know a very well plays golf with another very successful black man. And one snapped his fingers and made a phone call. And that's how it happened. And that is Carl. (laughs) You know, every time I say that to him on the phone, he's like, man, you know, but like, nah, you know, of course, you know, we all got to be modest here and there. But, you know, uh, I've known Carl for some years now, man. And um, you guys haven't heard you know, the story on how, you know, uh, 
Carl helped me out to get to where I am. Um, it was in uh, 2020, and I was going through, oh, man, probably one of the worst times of my life, you know what I mean, with depression and health issues and stuff like that. For the uh, listeners that tune in all the time, you guys know, but for those who are new, um, this is just a short story. And I remember one time um, I was over at Carl's house, and, you know, he had asked, um, hey, man, you still doing voiceovers? And I was like, eh. At that time, that was probably where my motivation was at the bottom. Like, I wasn't doing anything but waking up, going to work, coming home, waking up, going to work, or whatever. And then, um, you know, he basically was just like, oh, man, you know, you didn't try and do anything else? Say, yeah, man, I really like to be on the radio. And I really like to be on uh, NPR. And I remember he made this face. And he was like, what? You remember that? <laughs> Boy, I ever. Listen, said it, I was like, that still sounds crazy to me. But I <laughs> he was like, you want to you listen to NPR? I said, yeah. And he, you know, me and Carl, we talk about a lot of things. But one thing we don't really talk about is politics, probably because that's his least favorite topic to talk about. And NPR is all politics. So um, he goes, man, I happen to know a guy, you know, and I was like, really? And then a phone call was made and boom. That's who Carl is, you know, um, and I couldn't thank him more, man. You know what I mean? For for getting me to the spot. But enough about me. I'm going to let y'all hear about who Carl is and, and the advice and and, and the, the inspiration and motivation that he has. that He's given me and hopefully he can share, you know, some with my um, with my peers. So, yeah, man, start from the top. Tell people who you are, what you're about, where you're from, which is, you know, well, we ain't going to talk about what you do. But that that's yeah, that's yeah. for another podcast. <laughs> but like, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. I get another invite then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't need to know all that. I thought you didn't just bring me on once and then throw me away. Nah, 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 nah. We gonna have you back, man. So yeah, man. Start from the top, man. I think uh, the best way to describe who I am, man, because I'm not one that gets wrapped up in the titles. Is man, I really see myself as a servant. Man, and one that's really passionate about people, man. Um, mm. I mean, that is, I, I try to live my life as purpose-driven as possible, man. But I'm one who really gets joy and satisfaction out of seeing others do well. You know what mm. I mean? And so I've learned in life that God has allowed me to make make certain connections, meet certain people, and walk certain journeys. Not necessarily for me, per se, but because I'm such um i'm such i'm the type of person that's always looking to connect people and so i'm not moved by people's popularity and notoriety and none of that right um mm -hmm. but i guess i've always kind of seen it um seeing this this access that god has allowed me to have to prominent people as that's a contact that at some point in life I'm going to end up connecting him or her with someone else who has a need in the same industry or can satisfy some desire or some, you know, aspiration or goal that someone's trying to meet, man. So um, that's why what you see is what you get with me. And, and I think some of what you've experienced um, coming from me, Spencer, man. So um, thank you, man. I'm really humbled by um, the lens in which you see me through um, because, you know, I, I always tell folks, I don't, I don't move with the intent of, hey, you owe me something or you're going to have to return this somehow, some way. The My return of investment is seeing you in the place that you're in, man, which is 
hey, you wanted to be an NPR. And like I told you, I can't make any guarantees, but I can connect you. And so, man, I find joy in just seeing you operate and flow in a space that you said, man, I dreamed of doing this. Like, man, that's like the best way I can kind of describe it is like having a child that you kind of led and giving advice. And then it seems like, man, did they hear anything I said? But Mm -hmm. at some point you start to see them kind of employ the strategies that you've given them and see nothing but success. And it's like, man, that's a proud moment. And I don't want yeah. nothing from you, but to just see you continue on, right? Yeah. And so, man, that's really kind of who I am. But I guess it is it, probably more beneficial to kind of give you the roots of where I of come course. from, why I am the way I am. Right. I think for me, man, it, it's you know, I know, I know, we don't have all day, and I'm gonna try to keep it as short and concise as possible, Spencer, man. But bear with me. So, listen, give me the kill it. Cause you know, hey I, man, I, do your thing, dude. I'm chilling. I'm yes, chilling. We, we, we <laughs> so, but um, mm. I think for me, man, um, just a little bit of transparency. I came up in a single parent household. You know, didn't meet my dad till I was 11 years old. Um, and so, I thought that my uncle was my father, even though I knew him to be my uncle. And so that's mm. who I looked up to, right? Um, and man, he was the one that supported all my youth activities and just really just kind of was there for me when I needed a male figure, but it wasn't really until I went and, um, I went in the military, I got in a little bit of trouble, man, and was left with, you know, either or kind of choice, right? Um, had a, a assault with a deadly weapon charge as a juvie. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had assault Mm. with a deadly weapon charge as a juvie and, um, you know, just talking to the older, older guys that was on the street, you know, they were like, listen, you still a juvie, a juvenile. So when you go before the judge, just tell them, listen, your honor, I, I was trying to go in the military. This may have derailed my possibilities of going in the military. And I ain't gonna lie to you, Spence. I had no aspirations of going into the military. I had no desire to go to college because it wasn't, I was a dumb kid. I just, school just wasn't my thing. If that right. makes sense, right? Right. And so I did as I was told according to the streets. And so I ended up going into the Air Force. Um, my oldest daughter, um, she was on her way. And so my goal was really, I'm going to go in the military. I'm going to do four years. And then I need to come back home mm-hmm. to the set that I came from. Um, but as God would have it, man, I always say God has a sense of humor. Mm. This is where, and I want to make this too spiritual. No, please. But, but I'm, I'm <laughs> please. Oftentimes, God has to remove you from the environment in which you're comfortable in to really yeah. begin to do a work in you and change you, right? Yeah. And so here I am, newly into the Air Force, and they send me to an island called Guam. I'd never mm. heard of Guam. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I may laugh at that, but you know, as a youngin, like Guam wasn't on my radar. You know, so they sent me to this little small island in the middle of the Pacific. I couldn't even find it on a map when they gave me my assignment and basic training. <laughs> and so I go to Guam, man, and I was one of the people who if you weren't from the DMV, you couldn't relate. So my aperture was so narrow when I first got there that I didn't really I didn't fully experience what it was like to establish partnerships, friendships, networks with folks that were diverse that didn't look like me, 
And when I say diverse, meaning not necessarily a physical trait, but you didn't think like me, you didn't talk like me. And so what happened, man, is um, I was in Guam and I was boxing and, you know, playing basketball. And so a lot of folks knew of me, knew about me, but I was still kind of closed off. Towards the back end of my assignment um, in Guam, when I say the back end, meaning I'm about to end my tour in, in Guam, mm-hmm. I, I opened up a little bit and I met um, a guy from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and we became best of friends. And I met, he was a black guy, and then I met a white guy from um, LA, right? From the LA area, um, mm-hmm. California. And man, it was just different because I came up listening to go go, hip hop, R and B. Right. I am hanging with this white guy who smoked Marlboro lights, drink <laughs> some of the hardest whiskey. Yeah, and yeah. The doors. Right. <laughs> Jim Morrison. I know I know a little something, something, yeah. you know. <laughs> so here I am listening to the doors with these guys, man, smoking Marlboro lights. Like, what is my life like? Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, man, that was the beginning of me kind of letting down my barriers and beginning to open up. And so I would leave there and go to McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey, a little closer to home. And I show up, man, and the first thing I smell when I walk in the dorm is weed. And I was like, Mm. oh my God, this is going to be the end of my career, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, right? Yeah. I'm right back in the element where I came from. Right. And so, man, everything in me was... Let me just finish the remainder of my four years and I'm out. I want to go back to the block, you know. And what happened, man, it was a uh, a white guy. I don't know, you know, the age group of of your of your audience base, Spencer, but um, there was a show on called Major Dad, right? A little man, bit before my time, a little bit. Yeah, probably just a little bit, maybe a couple of months. <laughs> years, you know I, mean? I thought you was about to say Major Pain. I was like, yeah, I know about that. Yeah, minor detail, <laughs> minor detail. Yeah. But, um, nonetheless, man, when I was at uh, at McGuire, man, I had a real bad attitude, real bad temper. Um, used to work for this white guy named um, Earl Persing. And mm-hmm. um, I'm going to refer to him as Sergeant Persing because he was so, um, so instrumental in me becoming me transitioning to who you see today. Mm -hmm. And so I had a radio that I used to take into the office. Mm -hmm. We was up in the New York area. So I used to want to listen to Hot 97, hip hop all day. Well, if I showed up at work late, he would have on Howard Stern. And I Mm. thought Howard Stern was the most racist, (laughs) immoral guy you could ever meet. Yeah. So I come in like, man, who listening to this? Turn this off. And he said to me, Listen, if you didn't bring your radio in here for everyone to use, take it home. And I was like, nah, I'm going to leave it here. He said, okay, you could take it. I'm going to unplug it, wrap it up, and I'm going to throw it outside and break it. <laughs> Damn. Was, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> I feel like, who this dude talking to me? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but for the longest, man, um, because of how stern he was in his presentation, um, a lot of us minorities as blacks thought he was racist because he used to talk about when i retire i'm going to the to the hills of pennsylvania i'm gonna join the militia and i'm like man this dude is off his meds yeah yeah but man it was that guy that said listen man 
what you gonna do? Cause you're coming up on your four year term. What are you gonna do when you uh when you get out? And I said, I'm going back home. And he said, to do what? Sell drugs, be murdered. And I'm still looking at this dude like, who is this dude talking to? It's a little different coming from a yeah. white boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Those, you can't say that to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you ain't even permitted. Your, your, like, your complexion, your hue ain't right to be saying yeah. that. <laughs> right? Yeah. But nonetheless, he said, man, why don't you do something different? And I said, well, what you mean? He said, man, why don't you go to school? Why don't you go and take what was called a CLEP exam, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I went and took um, an exam, the CLEP exam in English. And I missed it by like 20 points from acing it. And man, it kicked in a belief system that I was like, wow. Like, I ain't know I had that in me. Right. right? And then I realized, man, this dude believe in me when I ain't even believe in myself. Right. And I just realized he started investing in me in me. And what happened is my my uh, my oldest daughter was born at the time and he gave me my first and it wasn't really me. It was my daughter. Right. He gave me her first fifty dollar bond and I didn't know what a bond was. Mm. And he sat me down and explained it to me. Right. And he said, man, listen, I want you to start thinking about others more than you do yourself there it is he said i want you to get to a place where you spend a life of giving back and paying it forward right wow and so you know it's that thing of honor and legacy right yeah honor those that have come before you and leave a legacy for those that are going to come after you can i can i stop you for a second absolutely i don't know if you remember this and i'm just saying this for everybody listening i remember um Wow, man, this is a real deep convo because it just shows me how just genuine you are with everything you say. Because I don't know if you remember when I got the job at NPR two years ago, mm-hmm. you were the first person I called. Mm-hmm. And actually, technically, technically, well, sort of you were the first. I called my parents first. Yeah, I remember. And my dad said, boy, you better call that man that got you that job. So I called you. And I don't know if you remember, I said, man, you know, I got a job, da, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Because the thing is that morning when, you know, our acquaintance that we both know, mm-hmm. uh, which is my now boss, we, we shall mm-hmm. remain nameless. But yeah. um, I remember he, he called me on the while well, when I was on the way up to Baltimore, um, thinking it was a job interview. Right. But I didn't know I had already got the job. But like when I was I was going up there to fill out all my forms and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. When it was set in stone, I called you and I said, man, yo, man, I got John, da, 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 whatever, whatever. And I was like, man, I owe you one. I owe you one. I owe you one. And I kept saying that, you know, because I was in shock. I was in disbelief. I was like, man, I owe you one. And you said, man, look, the way you pay me back is by helping somebody else. Hey, that's it. That's it. I never forget that. He said, and I tell everybody that, Yeah, you know, and it's like my father says that all the time. Mm-hmm. But you know it, 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 and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. But like, when you hear it from another black man, multiple, you know, and like, you know, him, you are two of the most successful black men that I know. Literally, mm-hmm. that's like no, no joke, no lie. So when you said you ain't got to give me nothing, but just when you, when someone asks you for help and you can help them, yeah. you do it. And two years later, you're saying the same exact thing. Yeah. 
I just had to get that out. I just had to yeah, get no, that out. I, I mean, I appreciate it, man. And I and I, as you um, brought it back to my memory, man, I, I do remember having that conversation with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nonetheless, man. I mean, it's just it's just one of my personal philosophies, man. Like when I said earlier that there's no prouder moment for me than to see one see someone achieve the level of success once again aiming for their aspirations their goals whatever their dreams are right and me just playing whatever whatever my role was whatever for that season that I was in your life right i just want to be um a good steward over the time that i have with you during that season and so right. god may use me in your life just to give you once again for you just to make that connection right you get to the next level Listen, if if you become the next, because I and I told you this, man, and I just said it last night when I was talking to somebody about having to do the show today. Mm-hmm. Boy, it could be the he's the next James Earl Jones. Man, that's heavy. And you, you have a voice. <laughs> Your voice is operating in spaces that you have to walk into yet. It's wow. just a matter of getting it in front of people, the right people. Right. But right. I mean, I'm telling you, man. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Whatever level of success you make, man, I'm not looking for you to accept an award and call my name. It's like, man, just do for somebody else what was done for you. Right. Like, keep the chain going. Right. Right. But anyway, I, I digressed a bit, man. Thanks for bringing that out. But mm-hmm. just to kind of speed up this part of the story, um, Sergeant Persing just began to pour into me. He began to send me to different schools and training. And then he just began to kind of give me life lessons, right? I had to change my mentality because my mind was so focused on the streets of Maryland, coming back to the DMV. Right. And so I began to have an, having a, a mental shift. And then uh, his whole thing was, now listen, everything that was done for you to help you shift, I need you to do the same thing when you're in a position to do so. And I want you right. to teach them to do the same thing. This is a white guy. Now, yeah. just to go to show you how um, how um, genuine and authentic he was with this. When he retired, the same white guy that we thought was racist that talked about going into the hills of Pennsylvania to join a militia. <laughs> yeah. He retired and went and worked in a school in the Bronx that was predominantly Hispanic and black. Now, I told wow. you. Bald head white guy cut up, looked like a military drill instructor because that's what yeah. he was I started working for him. Mm. And he went the hood and said, This is my give back. This is the community that needs people like me the most. Wow. And so that was the beginning for me, man. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I got married, man. And a lot of what he had, had, had given me is a new foundation, if you will, or that, mm-hmm. or that foundation to solidify it. Once I got married, man, life took on new meaning right. because now I had different responsibility. And now let me let me make sure I don't mislead any of your audience, right? You hear me talk about my oldest daughter, but I was an absent dad. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't actively involved in my daughter's life. Yeah, I could talk and brag about her when I wasn't around, when she wasn't around, but I didn't know how to be a father at the time. And so although I still didn't respond to what Sergeant Persing was telling me about fatherhood, that thing still resonated with me when years later, and I'm talking about years later, 
I was able to make amends and reconcile my relationship with my oldest daughter. Yeah. Point where we both say, man, you the love of my life now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. um, I mean, the fact that, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't have kids yet. Um, but I know a lot of brothers who, and in my last, you know, when I was in law enforcement, my last job, I knew a lot of cats who, you know, had kids, but like, you know, they, they had no accountability. And my point is by bringing that up, it's like the fact, yeah, like they, you know, they would, you know, they would, they would not just them, but it's just an example. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, they would just talk about, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. Until someone who really knows them goes, yeah, no, they're not what they yeah. they're cracked up to be, and I feel like that's just a that's just a, a thing that people do, white, black, man, women, whatever, yeah. you know what I mean. So the fact that you know you may have been an absent father, may have been past tense, because um, I know you're not, because I know you're, you're you're more than more than present now. The fact that you can can even admit it, especially on this type of platform, if me and you were like just sitting in front of your garage like we always do, smoking, mm-hmm. and you said it. It's one thing, but the fact that you can say it knowing that people are going to hear this, yeah. you know, and your name is attached to it, that's big. That's heavy. Man, I, I guess I've I've gotten to a place in life, man, where I have to accept and own the good with the bad and the ugly. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it's part of who I am. It's made me who I am, man. Um, I've learned from it. I like to think that I've grown from it. And so I'm a firm believer that it's incumbent upon me to share those stories, those testimonies, because my my transparency may help transform someone else. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so, listen, man, me and my daughter, I'm telling you, but we had the best of times these days. And so when I hear people say, man, I can't make up, you know, for, you know, what I've done in the, in, in the, in the past. And she's older now. So, you know what I mean? She grown. She, nah, listen. Love up my daughter like she's a toddler to this day. Yeah. You, she's 30 years old. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Love yeah. that girl, man. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, man. So that was really kind of my start, man. And as I uh as as I progressed and just to get back to the military story, four years I found myself re-enlisting. Mm-hmm. Re-enlisted for another four. Re-enlisted for another four. So I end up mm. doing under 21 years. And Damn, I didn't know you was in. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I retired from the Air Force. Mm, okay. Yeah. And so look back, man, and just was like, wow, like, where did the time go? You right. know what I mean? But what I found is, um, and this is even with me and my job today, I may not necessarily be in love with the job itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the function of the job and the task associated with the job. But I realized, man, I fall in love with the people that work there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really enjoy pouring into people, man, and just, man, how can I help you? What, what you trying to do? What What do you need for me to help you get to that next level? Yeah. And that's where my joy come from, man, I'm telling you. Like, yeah. I really get geeked about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I can tell because, you know, through conversations, you know, the thing I like about Carl is uh, the, 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 the humility. I was just listening to a um, sermon by a dude by the name of Bishop Bronner out of Atlanta. I was listening to him today. Okay. And, um, you know, that's one of the, the sermon was talking about how God hears, even though in the midst of like storms, you don't think he hears or he does. But yeah. he said the number one requirement that you have to have in order for God to pay attention to you is humility. 
Mm. You don't have that. You don't, you know, everything else is just a train wreck. And I can remember like conversations, <laughs> like getting to know who you were. You know what I mean? Conversations is because my generation, you know, people, people of all ages and generations have always shown off and bragged. But my generation has like perfected that horrible thing, especially with like social media and stuff like that. People do a lot of things, you know, just to show off and brag. I personally have a theory that people be going on vacation just to show off. <laughs> like it's not it's not even about you enjoying because I see so many people go on vacation and taking so many pictures. I'm like, did you even enjoy? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, so my point, I'm like, yo, like, did you really did you travel to to, to 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 travel or did you travel to to flex? And the reason why I say that is because people like you, like who are who's actually out here doing stuff. I remember our conversation, if you don't mind me saying this, I might put you on the spot right here, but I remember our conversation we had, and uh you said, Yeah, man, I was in Dubai. Um speaking at a conference right there. Well, I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I remember you said a huge company had thrown a lot of money at you. You know what I mean? To work for them and this, that, and the third. And I mean a lot. And you said, nah, I couldn't take that because take that I was taking a pay cut. I was like, yo, who is this dude? Like, <laughs> But I was asking, who is this dude? Because you be chilling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why I think I was drawn to who you are because you know talking about my father is another person who's done you know amazing things for people and that's all that's what my parents are about is just doing but you would never know right you know what i mean you would never you would never know and you know and i think because i was raised in a household where it was emphasized and burned in our brains that god does not care about what you said popularity he doesn't care about the car you drive. He doesn't care about the house you have. He doesn't care about the men and women you get. It's all about what you do for people and how you treat them. I was yeah. raised in a house like that, you yeah. know? So yeah. when I met you and you're just casually talking about all these amazing things, but you're just like, eh, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and it, and, and when you, um, another thing that made me go, Oh, who this dude is like different. Is when uh, you let me dry your whip. <laughs> yeah. A very, very nice car, which I'm not going to say, but it's a very expensive one. And the reason why I, I appreciate, because even though you were making fun of me, because I was driving two miles an hour. <laughs> Remember that? 2.7. <laughs> he was like, man, push this thing. Trevor was with us. Yeah. And, you know, he would, Carl was like, yo, dry this thing. I said, man. I can't afford if I crash this thing. This thing is like, you know, this this thing, you know, you look at the price of this thing, it looks like a social security number. I'm not about to crash this joint. But the thing that I admired is that you wanted, that you were okay with, how do I say it? Like, you were okay with letting us young dudes experience yeah. what you've accomplished, if that makes sense. Man. It wasn't about the car. It wasn't about that. It was the fact that, like, you know, and that came at a perfect time in my life because, like, my motivation at the time was just non-existent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me and Trevor, because, you know, you know Trevor. Trevor, you know, mm -hmm. Trevor, all this is chilled. He's been on a podcast before. And, like, me and Trevor both talked about that moment. Like, yo, this dude just let us drive his $100,000 plus, you mm -hmm. know, whip. And it's like most cats wouldn't have let you do that. But I remember the reason why you let us do it is because 
you if you don't mind going into it and telling mm-hmm. people about it, but you you grew up how like you grew up in an environment where like you know the dudes would 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 drive up in their mm-hmm. expensive bins and stuff, and the kids be like, oh, and they be like, oh, don't touch my, don't touch my car. Mm-hmm. And you said, look, man, I want people to experience. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can have this too, mm-hmm. and that was powerful. Man, listen, I, I know you saw me shift, and I was great to tell you, man, I'm done talking about the past, man. <laughs> you said, man, just it, you. I know this was the spirit operating and flowing, right? And just connecting. Right. You literally mm-hmm. took what I was about to say, man. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, man, it, it pains me when we reach a level of success, right? right? And we, we've got all these accolades and we got all this materialistic stuff, right? Which, mean, like you said, means nothing to God in the big scheme of things, right? Right. Where it says, I take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is just foolishness to me, right? right? I don't get caught up in that. That and that don't define you, right? And it bothered me, man, when when we achieve a certain level of success. And this is why I guess I'm big on the give back thing. Yeah. Like if you if you've made it there, man, reach back and help someone else who's trying to yeah. figure out how to get there. Yeah. Right? You got to understand. And I'm sorry for shifting on you, man. But no, nah, hey, man, that's what this is about. This thing ain't scripted, <laughs> you know. Man, it it it, it it's a different. Let, let me let me kind of box it in as this, right? Mm-hmm. 9-11 happened, right? I just come off. I was two weeks off of an undercover operation. See, 9-11 <laughs> right there. <laughs> it was my second day back at work. It was a Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. And I just remember taking all my undercover clothes to the cleaners and then going to the store to pick up Jay-Z's CD. And I can't remember which CD it was that dropped on 9-11, but I mean, I played this thing back like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as fate would have it, I ended up getting a call on my Nextel. That's back when Nextel's... That's <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. And I get the call, Barnett, where you at? We need you to go to the Pentagon. Well, that day, I would end up going to the Pentagon and, you know, helping out with the evidence collection effort and the whole nine. So there, when the building was still smoking, hadn't right. fully collapsed yet the whole nine, man. Well, as a result of that, I was on the front cover of the Washington Post, I think, on September the 13th, right? <clears throat> and there's an image of me carrying a part of the aircraft. And if you remember, there's all these conspiracy theory videos about... Yep. It wasn't a plane and went to the Pentagon. It was this. It was that. Yeah. It was a plane. Why is there no proof of a or no evidence of a plane? This is the only proof, or this is the only picture of any particle of the plane of a plane. And it was the it was me carrying it, and it says federal agent carries part of you know <laughs> right. So that's my well, I, you know. Let me. I just learned something new about you in every single conversation. <laughs> <laughs> And if y'all listening, just listen to the tone that he's saying it in. Just, yeah, man, you know, that's my point right there. So so what happened? So what happened is, um, as a result of that, after all that was over, um, I started getting invitations to go speak to different, like, youth groups, youth organizations, youth programs. And what I learned is, as I was going to talk to them about my 9-11 experience, they were looking at me. They weren't impressed by the 9-11 experience because they were so young. It didn't resonate with them. Right. Because I they was only 10. Mm-hmm. You were what? 
I was only 10 when that joint happened. Sorry, not to make you feel old. But <laughs> yeah, that was an indirect shot right there. Shot, shot. <laughs> yeah, I was only 10 years old, man. I was a youngin. So, but just imagine this. So you fit in that category of the youngins that I'm talking about. They weren't moved by, because it, it didn't resonate with them, This the magnitude of what had just happened, right? Right. right. They're looking at me as a black man who's a federal agent who's been able to be part of something that is going to be in the history books. Yeah. And they would come to me. They wouldn't ask questions about that. They were asking me questions about, man, how do I get to where you are? Mm. And so I'm listening and I'm answering these questions and they're hitting me with all these reasons why they can't get to where I'm at. And what I'm hearing was the same, basically, legitimate excuses right i mean i shouldn't say legitimate they're real excuses but probably not legitimate enough meaning you're saying why well, i single parent household my mother don't have my mother don't know only for me to say man that was my story too mm. and so i my 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 lectures about 911 if it was an hour long speaking engagement 15 minutes of it would be talking about 9-11, the event. 45 minutes of it would be talking about how I got to the place that I'm at, where I was even allowed to be part of this. Right. And so where I'm going at with this is, that's why it pains me, man, when we reach and achieve a level of success, but we never reach back, as you right. said, right. to tell somebody, man, this is the path that I took. Right. Let me help guide you through whatever path you're going to take. And I'm not saying that the path I took is the exact path you need to take. But, man, I've navigated some of this already. So let me walk with you on this. Right. Right. Let me help you out. And the, the same obstacles and, and hurdles that you had to overcome. I'm familiar with that. So let me tell you the easy way or easier way to get around those and get over those. And so the mm -hmm. reason I am the way I am, meaning, hey, listen, man, y'all drive this car. At the end of the day, that's what I pay insurance for. Now, right. I know people are like, yeah, he talking smack now. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie inside. I wouldn't have felt a certain kind of way, but <laughs> man, I can't let these materialistic things define me. You know what I mean? Like my life is not based, predicated upon how much stuff I have and yeah, you know how valuable this stuff is because it's all fleeting at the end of the day anyway, right? Yeah. My car was hot the year it came out. I'm two years removed from it now. You see them everywhere. <laughs> I remember pulling up to them uh, to them car shows and everybody just going, just pausing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Now yeah. they like, hey, man, park in the back row. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Find parking where you can. You yeah. What I'm yeah. Yeah. So if I, can, if I can have any level of impact on someone, you know what I mean? Like, Man, listen, man, y'all like the car? Drive it. I want you to be able to experience it and feel it because I just, you know what I mean? If it, if it motivates you and inspires you to want to strive to get to a level where you get that, at least you know what it's like. Or yeah. it could be all hype, but like, man, I drove the car, man. I ain't I ain't really moved by it. It ain't my thing. And yeah. that's fine, too. Right, right. Definitely, definitely a subjective thing. Nah, man, you... 
made me thinking about something. I've talked about it on here before, but, it, you know, I feel like, you know, I got to talk about it again, especially with you being prior military is, you know, we, um, you know, we're talking about how, like, you know, at the end of the day, the material things don't matter. And, you know, I went through my phases where, you know, I thought it did. You know what I mean? I went through my phases where I thought, you know, your manhood was relevant by how many women you've been with. You know, I've been through all that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, you know, lessons that God is like giving out has let me know, of course, that's not true. But, you know, I've talked about this before, but the most recent I could say life lesson where I've had is, um, you know, where I work, you know, I work at Arlington Cemetery as a historian. Mm And, you know, um, but us as the historians and staff, you know, we see what the general public doesn't see. And by that, I mean, we see the people get buried every day. Right. And, you know, um, there are these huge military funerals, beautiful ceremonies, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, it was uh, the other day, what's today? Yeah, the other day it was uh, a uh, vice admiral being buried. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the biggest funeral processions I've ever seen in there. We were stopped for at least 45 minutes, at least 60, 70 cars. Um, no, I think you went better. I was there the day where General Charles McGee was buried. He was the last surviving, you know, Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. Um, and I got a sneak peek at his funeral. And uh, well, I didn't get a sneak peek. I saw the whole thing. But I was like kind of in the back and hiding behind one of them big old grandmas kind of looking, you know. And you can imagine what that procession looked like. You know what I mean? One of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen. And huge procession, flyover, howitzer cannons, boom. And funeral's over. And his coffin is just sitting out there by itself. You see what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the maintenance team eventually pulls up, puts it in the ground, on to the next one. Yeah. Point is... Life goes on. Yeah. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Life goes on. You know what I mean? And I'm, you know, even though, you know, I enjoy what I do there teaching people, you know, about the history and, you know, I mean, you probably military, you know, probably half the stuff, if not more there, but like, it's just, whether it be Arlington Cemetery or Shiloh Baptist Church Cemetery, it don't matter. It's the fact that I see, you know, the ending of the physical life there every single day and every person that you know what i mean is laid to rest there nobody talks about the riches nobody talks about the cars this this this, what what all the other stuff that people think matters because at the end of the day his his coffin his casket was sitting there for hours yeah just by itself yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and like he, this man is who he is. Like, he's a man that needs no introduction, and even he, life goes on. Legacy, sir. Yeah, exactly. legacy, legacy remains, sir. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. It's the legacy. Yeah, 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 yeah. man. I'm telling, man. Let me share this. Um, I remember having this is some years ago, man, and you know, you talked about being in a dark place at one time, right? Um. One thing that I think we, especially black men, don't really do well is it admit to being in a state of depression. Yeah. Right? Right. Because that represents weakness to us. Right. right. And so now, once again, with a level of transparency, um, 
I can look back in, in retrospect and say, man, I, I can relate to that dark moment because I too have been in a place of, in a state of depression. And I just remember being in this depressed state, man. And I remember having dreams that were just, I try to translate them, interpret them when I'd wake up and I just couldn't, right? And it would just confuse me like, man, what was that about? Well, one of the dreams that I had that, you know, you ever had a dream that you can just recall with so much specificity. Right. And the detail was so granular. It was like, oh my God, like, like I couldn't, I couldn't not try to figure what that was all about. Right. Right. So I had this dream, man, where I was at, it was my funeral. Mm. Right. I couldn't see me in the casket. Right. I couldn't tell you if it was open, if it was closed, if I was visible. I couldn't see any of that, right? Right. But I know who officiated my uh, my my funeral. It was my now pastor, who was not a pastor at the time that I had the dream. Right. Slippy. <laughs> yeah. And so I knew what he. I could hear what he said. And the crazy thing is, I looked out. And I realized this isn't a church. It was like an auditorium that they had to rent out because of the magnitude of people that had showed up in attendance to just pay their respects. But it was also those that had had some type of interaction with me and I left some level of impact. There was some impact left on life, right? Yeah. And so I just remember pastor saying, listen, I'm going to open the mic up like we do at Black Funerals, right? <laughs> yeah. Keep the comments to two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I just remember him making that joke, saying, listen, I know what he meant to me. And so I'm not even going to allow, I'm not even going to present as though I'm going to try to keep y'all to two minutes. All I'm going to just say is be mindful to try to keep it somewhat short. Be mindful and respectful of others. And Spencer, man, I remember just seeing a, a long line of people just mm -hmm. waiting and they were black, they were white, they were mm -hmm. male, they were female, they were young, they were old. And man, I just remember it was like I was in my casket crying because I'm hearing everyone give me my flowers and just, it was like I, God was allowing me to hear what I meant to people and the impact that I've left on people through this dream. So whether they tell me in real time while I'm here today or not, you know what I mean? I've already heard it. Right. Right. And so long line, long line of folks coming up. And when the last person finished and then pastor finally got the mic back, I remember the pastor man crying. Right. And I remember him saying, man, he finally can rest. Like this man, <laughs> He gave all, like he right. poured out. Like right. I remember him working a full day, eight hours, having his own dreams, but wanting to help someone else with their dreams before he even worked on his. Mm. And so pastor said, I used to talk to him about, man, you talk about doing a lot, but I don't see you doing anything. He said, now I get it. It was because he was so busy helping everybody else do theirs that he neglected his own. Mm. I get it now. He can finally rest because he worked himself tired. And so now he can rest. 
finally. And I'm now seeing the fruits of his dream. Right. Wow. And God allowed me to see and interpret that as because that's your that's your purpose. Like, right. that's what you really get joy out of seeing right. everyone else succeed. Yeah. And so I'm willing to forego self for the sake of ah, like if, if I can help him get there, man, that's like me making it. Yeah. You know, and so, man, I, I, I shared that because, man, it just stuck with me, man, when um, and I can't even remember what you said now, but it just stuck with me and resonated with me, man. Just being able to really just kind of hear what people think about you, but leaving the legacy. That's where it was. You was talking about. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like being able to leave a legacy, man, and just living a life of impact. You yeah. know what I mean? And that was it for me, man. So, yeah. And if I, if I was to go today, man, I'm at peace with the fact that, <laughs> man, yeah, I didn't do all that God had intended and destined for me to do, man, yeah. I, I'd be surprised if I didn't come somewhere close because I'm a firm believer that my purpose is what's preserving me now. And anyway, he got more work for me to do. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I'm done, he'll call me home. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, it's weird, man. I was having a conversation with my grandmother about this not too long ago. And, uh, you know, I, I've never talked about this on here before, but I struggle sometimes with the thought of death. Mm. Um, simply because I'm someone that struggles with the unknown, you know. Um, yes, me and you are both Christ like minded mm -hmm. brothers in Christ, and you know, the faith that we practice mm -hmm. lets us know what is after this. But if I was telling my grandmother this, but on the same side, there's nobody that's alive today that can tell you what happens after you leave. That's yeah. the part I struggle with, you yeah. know what I mean? And so, my grandmother um you know someone who and she's she's in her 80s you know well physically mentally she's in her 20s yeah, <laughs> um, I like yeah 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 she, <laughs> she's <laughs> she's uh she's a young woman at heart uh matter of fact that's actually who my nutritionist is uh mm -hmm. because she'd be teaching aerobics and personal training all this other stuff eight years old but anyway so you know she started talking about how you know she used to struggle with the same thing mm. you know and for years she was like man you know because all her relatives and loved ones were checking up out of here and you know she talked about when you know she lost her mom my great-grandmother who i have only one vivid memory of when i was a kid and i remember she gave me a dollar that's yeah. like the only memory i have of my great-grandmother but you know she said that she was really mad at god after that you know, but she said she didn't yeah. talk to him for years. That's some honest conversation, right? Yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. She, she just, you know, was just like, I didn't talk to him for a while. You know what I mean? I, I, you, he, he took my mom. He took my mom out of here. And you know, just to make the long story short, she goes that you know she had to learn and know and have faith that if her mother had the chance to come back here, she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was like, that thought alone is what let her, I guess you would say, gave her peace and gave her comfort. You know what I mean? And she said after that, she stopped struggling with the thought of transition, mm -hmm. you know. 
And again, working in a cemetery, you know, it kind of gets to you a little bit. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, I try to put on a smile. Yeah, you know, on your drive side, pass the side. But it's like every day, you know, you're driving past people that on a physical realm, they're not here no more. Right. Yeah. And none of them, you know, can, it, it, you know, it's weird. Like on one end, I'll be on the radio. It's just me and the mic. But when I'm there, it's, you know, it's a completely different environment. Yeah. And so my grandmother, you know, she just talks about, you know, my father kind of had said this the other day, not so much about like transition or anything about passing away. But I remember he said that you have to have faith that knowing everything works out for how it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he said, if you don't have that, you know what I mean? You don't have anything. Yeah. You know, and going back to, you know, the talks of depression and, and how black men don't really talk about that. I didn't have that at that time. I didn't have the faith that things were working out. You know, I go to Glen, uh, um, First Baptist or Glen Arden, the same place every other black person in Maryland goes to. <laughs> um, man, Pastor Jinx is a, is a powerful man. He is. He man. is. Yeah. You know, and he talked about that he gets happy when trouble comes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he was like, you know, when trouble comes and, and, and you know, like you said earlier, when things get shaken up, you know, me and you just had a conversation the other day about something I'm dealing with with my mm-hmm. job. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, you know, I've I've seen this movie before. Yeah. You know, um, the difference is the first time I saw the movie, I didn't have no faith. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I didn't have any any motivation. I didn't have any optimism. I did. But now, when things get shaken up a little bit, I've been through something to let me know. Okay, well, what's after this? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's I guess you would say the the sense of humor that God has like, Hey, it's me again, (laughs) you know? And, um, my thing is when that happens, how many times are you going to take the lesson before you pass the class? You know what I mean? And it's just like, you have, I see people that go through the same stuff all the time and they, they don't never change, even though we're not really talking about this and we're, you know, a generation removed, but I was going to go, talk about romance for a quick second and i saw and you probably agree with this i saw a dude he was talking to women but i feel like it's a universal concept because he talked about to men too he goes what you should be looking for in a partner is not all the glitz and glam which you see on tv and social media but you need to pay attention to how they react to situations when life gets tough yeah yeah you know they they say you should really be able to look look at someone and see how they flow through all the seasons. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, when stuff gets tough, are they going to make excuses? You know what I mean? Because I did that at one point. You know, when I was in my last job, I had all these excuses and this, that, and the third until something, uh, I wouldn't say traumatic, but life-changing happened. So now when life gets a little, eh, I'm like, all right, I got to move. <laughs> you know, because I'm not trying to learn that lesson over and over again, mm-hmm. you know. And when you say move, move meaning put some things in action, right? Not exactly. Meaning flee. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Okay. You know, the whole faith without works is dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? You can't. You can't sit here. It's a. Uh, I've learned that God is a. A lot of His scriptures are very contingent upon you do this, I do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. Um, literally, I mean, it, it talks about that, you know, in scripture It's like, okay, well, this is the deal. If you do this 
now for me, I'll do this mm-hmm. for you. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like, you know, as you know, like how God works is that, you know, you can ask and pray and, and, and for all these things that you want, but you can't just sit on your butt, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it don't work like that. You got to put action. You got to put motive. You got to put effort in behind what you're trying to do. And you know, that conversation, man, you had the other day where I, that it, all it took was that one email <laughs> to make me go, all right, got to do this. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause I can't sit in my bed at night, sleepless nights and go, Oh God, I wish you could, but not putting any action on my end. You know, that's two things I learned just in what you said, man. Mm-hmm. thinking about but that i learned in life man one is oftentimes we we pray and ask god for a thing we claim that we believe that he's gonna do it but we don't do our part right right it's like we just sitting back like all right god gonna come out of heaven and he gonna do whatever i asked him right yeah like god is not a hookup man, you know what I mean? Right. You know, like your block dealer was like, "What you need, I got it." Yeah, right. When you read the Bible, the Bible says God did it; it was done, and it was good. Right, right, right. So right. everything has been done. Now it's just, do you have the faith to believe in what you're praying for, and have you connected with what things you need to do to work towards that as well? Right. Right. And so that's the one thing that I learned. And then the second thing that I thought about as she was talking is, man, a lot of times we do so much talking to God that we never shut our mouth to hear from God. Uh, that's going to be my next point. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. we, we, we out talking, over talking God. And so God said, I've been trying to talk to you, but like I can't get a word in. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's the whole, uh, <laughs> my father says, listen with your heart because in heart is E A R. Yeah. Ear. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never you heard know what I mean? Like yeah. Listen, I've heard that. And I remember one time I was taking this class, um, at Glenn Arden called, um, men connecting with Christ, man. It was, it was a, room full of a bunch of men like you and my pops like you know what i'm saying like just down to earth you know men who just just were were just genuine guys you know and um i remember there was a guy in the class a little older you know and he was kind of did i forgot what he was talking to the minister about minister skip was very very what we would call it minister tough love <laughs> sometimes you forgot you were in a church i'm gonna just say that <laughs> uh but you know, I never forget. I forgot what the dude was tell, talking to him about, but I remember Minister Skip said, "Stop seeing yourself in your answer and see more God in your answer." You know, you're thinking about you too much. Mm-hmm. You know, and between what my pops was saying about listening with your heart versus in what 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 you know Minister Skip was saying, like you know, those things still stick with me. Is that, you know, and of course the old saying, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason, you know, listening twice as much as you should be talking. And it's like, that's the trend. That's the, that's the season I'm in right now is more so, yeah, God, you know, I need this. I need that, you know, help me to get to this point to make me a better person or help me, you know, cause you know, praying for materialistic things isn't always a good thing. You know what I mean? You know, you, you really should be asking for things that'll make you better 
as a person in, in a spiritual sense. Um, uh, but, you know, as far as listening to what he's saying, I've learned because that was one of the things I used to struggle with is like I always thought that like, you know, growing up, you know, until I rededicated my life to Christ, like I thought that when people say, oh, I, God told me this, God told me that, I thought it was like an audible voice. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Always, I was like, what are y'all talking about? That's why for a while I struggled with the faith because I'm like, this is stupid. Like, what do you mean? I don't hear nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, like, I'm like, this is dumb. Like, I, I, what do you mean? I don't hear anything. I'm sitting here in my room, quiet, like, just... <laughs> and knowing good, good and damn well if I did hear something... <laughs> Like what the hell? <laughs> you, nah, you that, know. Was, that was the AC coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um I've learned that a lot of times how God speaks is through people, you know, of like minds. Yeah. And yeah. you know, if I would have never been sitting at your kitchen table that day, you said, Hey, I know a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could have easily been like, Yeah, whatever. Like, you know, like a voice or a person, the heavens, whatever, opening up, that's most likely not going to happen. You know what I mean? When you're waiting for an answer, yeah. you know, um, how I started this podcast, man, you know, I didn't think it would blow up the way it has. And, you know, I was going back and forth with, you know, starting it. And I'm like, man, I don't know. But I remember, you know, my grandmother, you know, I remember she asked me one day, what was my address? And, you know, I told her and she goes, OK, I'm sending you something just off the rip, just random. And I remember she sent me this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Wow. Changed my whole. You heard of it? Mm -mm. OK, well, I, I could definitely tell by the Atomic later. Habits. Atomic Habits by James Clear. And okay. basically the very, 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 very short version of what the book is, is this guy has a hell of a story. Um you know, you can look him up, James Clear, that's the author. And basically, he talks about how he's learned to break bad habits and build new ones. And one of the things he talked about is a bad habit that we always struggle with as humans is procrastination. Mm. <laughs> you know, is is one of the most underrated things that we all okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and when you set a goal. You know what I mean? All right, I'm going to do this. Like, you know, with me being in the fitness now, you know what I mean? I've tried to be in the fitness in the past, but the reason why I always fell off is because I would go hard for two weeks or whatever, and then one day would come, and I'd be like, eh, I'll go tomorrow. And then tomorrow yeah. turns into the next day, and tomorrow turns into the next day. And, you know, now your motivation is gone. So I remember, you know, he was talking about that whole concept of, like, the more you sit in your bed and just go, I'm going to do it tomorrow. It's never going to happen. And I remember I was driving to uh, the radio station, listening to it. And I remember he talked about that. And I, that was the day where I was like, man, let me go ahead and start this podcast, man. Yeah. You know, and that is how God speaks. It's not, you know, we all, I wish, well, no, actually I don't wish because knowing who, who I know God to be, I wish I don't wish he was on speed dial because you know, if anybody gonna hold you accountable for your BS, it's gonna be him. And I don't know if of, none of us are ready to, <laughs> you know, but yeah, so that's how I've learned how he speaks. Wow, anyway. now, that's good, man. And, and it just continue to seek 
him. Right. And continue to study to build up your faith so that you do have a heightened sense of uh, discernment and are able to hear him through other people. Because I think oftentimes we look at the person, we look at the messenger, right? And we're not looking at the source and the root of the message because God can use anybody to convey a message to you. And it don't have to be somebody that you think highly of or that you respect. It could be someone you like, man, this joke ain't got no credibility. That don't mean God ain't using him to give you what you need at the time. Right. And then also the Holy Spirit nudging you saying, Hey, Carl, hey, Spence, come on, man. You know, that's not right. Why, why you great go that route? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause it feels good yeah. to the flesh, man. But, um, yeah. I know we kind of get into the end, man, but I just want to touch on one thing that you, you, uh, you, you may mention of, and it's in my spirit to, to share that how important it is for us to have accountability. Right. Right. Um, you talked about being part of a, a men's group. I think you said mm-hmm. right? of accountability. And so anyone that's walked with me for any amount of time know that I, I'd say I surround myself with people that possess some one, some, or all of three characteristic traits, right? Mm-hmm. One is you hold me accountable consistently. Yeah. Like you, I, I don't need yes men in my corner. Like you talk about that tough love. Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna have to hurt my feelings and I ain't I'm gonna have to probably separate myself from you for a day or two because I ain't like what you said. But when right. I think about it, <laughs> I would be like, you know what? What Spence said wasn't wrong though. Right. I right. just think how it made me feel. Right. And feelings don't always tell you what's real anyway. Right. Right. That's one. Two is people that are doing better than me because it gives me something to aim for. Right. Man, like if I'm gonna run in this circle with Spence, he killing it. Like I'm gonna have to catch up. You know what I mean? And then three, people that push me to do better than what I'm currently doing. Like Mm. not settling for, man, you didn't gave your best. That's all you got. Yeah. Even when I think I've made it. They constantly say, come on, man, you can do more than that. Yeah. That's that joke of you looking at like, how much more I got to do? <laughs> yeah. I'm man. So like I told you, man, yeah. I'm waiting for the day where I hear your voice and it's replaced. And I'm uh, James Earl Jones, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's ill on, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Forgotten, but yeah, yeah, man, I'm telling you, that's, that's where I see you at, man. Man, thanks. I wanted yes. to share that because accountability seems to be something that we talk about. We like it and we like the philosophy of it. Right. But we don't like we don't really leverage the the full practice of it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. About it, but not be about it. Makes perfect sense, man. You know, um, my father, you know, I actually I had two separate conversations with my parents and uh you know, my father at one point, you know, I mean, he was giving me a pep talk the other day about, you know, the thing I was talking about you, you know, the other day with, with my job. And you know, he's a he's a phenomenal, talented artist. And, you know, he was saying, man, look, I know how rough times can get. Um, the two things, the one thing I can admire about my parents is when you come to them about issues or problems, they don't just say what most people say, I'll oh, just pray about it. Like they actually give you real like <laughs> advice. Mm-hmm. And the first thing my father has said was like, look, 
you know, me and myself, like I struggle, you know what I mean, with frustration and this, that, and the third. And it's weird seeing somebody that is like you always thought was Superman say they struggle. Like it's the wildest thing. Or even looking at you when you say, man, when somebody's doing better than me, I'm like, damn, is somebody doing better than you? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But it's just, that's the humility. That's that's man. the honesty. That's the transparency. And, you know, so my father was just basically saying, look, you know, God told me like, you know, I gave you this phenomenal talent, you know, to to paint and do all this art. I don't care what you're going through. Get it done. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's 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 not. Yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> like, I got nothing but time. Like, you know what I mean? If anything, that is the one thing that God does have is time because he's eternal. You know what I mean? And then so my mom, you know, I was talking to her the other day, you know, about the same situation I was telling you about. And she asked me a question because we were talking about like worth. You know what I mean? And like what you know your worth. And I remember my mom asked me a question. She goes, well, if you were going to get a salary increase at the next job, what would you want? And I started saying, well, you know, at my last job and she cuts me off and she goes, "Uh, uh-uh, no, we ain't talking about your last job. <laughs> like We ain't talking. I don't care how much you made at your last job. Yeah. He, she goes, you're this age. This is what you need to be doing. And she, it wasn't more so more so about you know, money at an aspect, she was like, you need to understand the talent that you have. And I don't think that you fully tapped in to knowing what you can bring to, you know what I mean? And I was just on the phone like, damn, I was just calling to ask, was I still coming by the house? You know what I mean? But that is how God talks. You know what I mean? And she was just saying, I don't think as talented as you are, you know, and as much as a gift as you have and as much as you've done already, I don't think you've really tapped in to what you don't be afraid to walking up to these people and say, Hey, look, this is how much I want. You know what I mean? You tell me that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, we ain't even about to talk about anything until the money is talked about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, I, I, I lie to you not that same day. Um, as far as like me questioning my worth, like, damn, am I really doing something? Am I doing something out here? I mean, I got an email from my job and someone has sent a comment that one of the listeners for this radio station um, had uh, posted on the uh, on the station's Twitter. And basically, they just start speaking all these great things about, you know, man, I listen to such and such radio station because of Spencer and his voice and the jazz he be playing and da 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 And, you know, I know that was God saying, look, this is confirmation on what you've been hearing from other people. So keep, keep, keep the train going. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah, the accountability, you definitely need people. And the last thing I'll say, which this is why I call it the ingenuous pod and sometimes disingenuous podcast. Mm -hmm. It's because there are a lot of people that are walking around and think they're so great. And they think they're these phenomenal people. What is really going on? Is the only reason why you think you're that way is because you're surrounded by people that don't want to tell you who you really are because they're afraid Jeez. of losing what they've gained from you. Fire, sir. <laughs> That's the real reason why you think that you're this, this great phenomenal person yeah. is because the people in your circle, quote unquote, have something to gain from you and they feel like if they tell you about yourself, they're going to lose whatever it is that they can gain from you. In other wow. words, your your fan club. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to get on the pedestal. You know, you yeah. know, I had, I had to say that. Because I was thinking about that. 
as we're talking about accountability and so many conversations I've had with people who who will claim themselves to be hot shit. And it's like, no, nah, you you really suck. because, <laughs> But you are in a certain place in, in your life where people can can take stuff from you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember Mike Tyson, Jamie Foxx said he was talking to Mike Tyson, um, you know, just having a conversation. And, you know, Mike Tyson, people will consider him broke, but the man's still worth like $10 million. You know what I mean? I'll take that mm-hmm. all day. But I remember Jamie Foxx has said he had a conversation with him and he goes, yeah, Mike, so how's everything? Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, man, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm grateful. I'm this and that. And so Jamie was like, damn, you, you still really feel like that? Even though all the crazy stuff that happened, he was like, man, because I'm broke, can't nobody take nothing from me no more. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like my life has been so much better because nobody can profit off of me. Yeah. And so many people are walking around thinking that they're hot shit because nobody has held them accountable because they can take something from you. And if they tell you about yourself, most likely you won't be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. So that friendship will be cut off or whatever, if you want to call that a friendship, yeah. you know, and, you know, it's kind of like that thing where it's like, oh, my best friend slept with my wife. Was was that really your best friend? <laughs> if they did that, like, yeah. you know, why are you still referring them to that as that? So, yeah, man, I just had to get that out. You know, what I mean, yeah. you're talking about accountability and stuff. Nah, that's good, man. I was sitting there thinking that you, that you, you know, were presenting that. You know, we hear so often that we're the sum total, total sum of the folks that we surround ourselves with, right? Right. And so as you was talking about, you know, people not having, people thinking too highly of themselves because they don't have people to kind of put them in that right place, right? right. I was thinking, well, a lot of that is because you're running in a circle where you are the highest in that, you know what I mean? Right. So it's one of them things when when you become the smartest, the wisest, the richest, the whatever in your circle, man, sometimes it might be time to change your circle because you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why I say, man, I always want people around me that's doing better than me, that's pushing me to be better than what I am and hold me accountable, right? Yeah. If, yeah. I, if, I'm, the, if I'm the best in my circle, man, shit, I'm following me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In this, yeah <laughs> yeah definitely man no man with that being said this conversation was i mean this is just a regular conversation between me and you yeah yeah that's no that's what it is but i wanted people to hear and eventually i'll get my father and my parents on here my father is busier than me like you know what i mean <laughs> so like eventually I'll, I'll i'll get him on here but i wanted you to come on and so people can hear what a regular conversation between you and i is like because i can't in my in my in my head i can't be doing this project this podcast whatever you want to call it and say yeah man i've learned this i've learned that i learned this i learned that my mentor my father my mom this and not have these people on yeah you know what i mean i i can't i have to put a voice with a name you know what i mean and i wanted people to hear like you know, damn, well, this is where he be getting it from. And this is that in the third. This is where he be learning. So, yeah, man, this conversation with the only thing that was different 
about this conversation is we weren't smoking cigars like we always do. Yeah, but, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> have one in honor of you tonight. Oh, I'm going to have one in honor of you tonight. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, again, you do for me as I do for you. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, once again, uh, now, thank you for being on, man. I really do. Yeah. Now, thank you for having me, man. Like I said, man, it, it's an honor and my pleasure, man. Um, again, man, I, I'm proud of you, man. Um, man, I just speak, you know, the abundance of prosperity and blessings upon you and everything that you touch, man. Um, man, I know God has so much, I ain't gonna say plan for you. It's already been written. It's just a matter of you walking to it. You know what I mean? Right. right. So man, it's, it's a lot waiting for you, man. And I'm sure all your listeners, man, would speak the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So man, just keep doing what you're doing, man. And once again, I'm always here. So whatever I can do. Oh man, you know. You already know. Yeah, man. First and foremost, you know, I can't thank you enough for that. But I did I gotta say this. I saw a a post on Instagram the other day that said, When I get to a point in life, I wanna be able to take care who took care of me. So with that being said, what color Ferrari you want? Sheesh. That's why you doing them. <laughs> Listen, man. Real talk. I appreciate it. Oh, man, sow that money in the next man that's coming under you. Next yeah. man, woman, whoever yeah. it is, man. Yeah. yeah. Gotta do good. Cool, cool, man. Definitely. Uh, well, I, I'll uh, uh, treat you to one of them, uh, them um, 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 whiskey-infused cigars that are like $50 a stick. How about that? That'll work. That'll work. work. All right, bet. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in on probably the best episode of the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, Sometimes Disingenuous podcast. We talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous thing. I have my big brother, brother in Christ, and most of all, mentor on today so you guys could hear how one of our conversations go. This is just a regular conversation, man. You know, um, so I definitely thank y'all for tuning in. Um, and of course, got to get Harlem and Diesel together. He just got a, yes. a, a, a baby cane Corso that's, you know, I almost stole from him the other day. But we're going to get him. We, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we had a little puppy fever the other right. day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all. Until next time, see y'all. Peace, love, and always.